0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. You're listening to Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. And if you want to uh, subscribe to the podcast, you can do so over on Spotify and iTunes. And also, if you want to check out our beautiful uh, picture of the potato on a wall. Yeah, it's, it's an art piece.
2: It's an art piece, contemporary art. What are we looking for, just 100 grand? 100 grand, 150 if people want to uh, invest. It is organic.
1: Yeah, it's organic. It's beautiful. It encapsulates the history of this country um, (laughs) down to a T. You know, the potato struggle against the external forces. Yeah of British imperialism. Exactly. You know, so that's just what we're looking for. So if you're a staunch Republican with loads of money, (laughs) 150 grand is all we're looking for. And We we always bring uh, Dr. Wider on to our show on a Monday, and tonight she's going to be talking about weird stuff. But first, um, Doc, you don't want to buy our potato on a wall, do you?
0: Actually, you know what? I just bought a banana down in Miami for (laughs) close to about 100,000, so I'm out. But otherwise I would have purchased a potato. We (laughs) were wondering who bought that.
1: Yeah, sneaky Dr. Wider. Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) <laughs> there I was, down to Miami no one knew. <laughs> someone
2: did end up eating it. So I was wondering, yeah. was
1: it
0: you? Did they?
2: Yeah, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, someone over the weekend, it fell on the ground or something and someone picked it up and just ate it and was like, "Meh." <laughs> I wonder if the person oh, will get their God. money back who was bought that. i just
0: going to say, seriously. Yeah. Seriously,
1: that's just insane. Yeah, the world oh. we we have come to. Um, speaking about insane things, tonight I believe we're going to go through some of the weirder fetishes that people have out there and maybe talk about when good fetishes go bad for want of a better word. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, you know, everyone's heard of a fetish and people may not exactly realize what it is. Like if you see your partner wearing a pair of high heel shoes while you're having sex and it excites you, it doesn't necessarily mean you have a shoe fetish. Right. A fetish really is defined as sexual excitement in response to an object or body part that isn't typically sexual. And they're more common in men than they are in women. But that doesn't mean they don't exist in women, too. So most people with fetishes have the object of their attraction at hand or they're fantasizing about it, but they need it in order to become sexually aroused, get an erection or have an orgasm. So sometimes the problem is that if you have a fetish, for example, and I really believe in positive sexual messaging, Mm. I think that if, you know, two people in a a couple are consensual and something brings them pleasure and it's not dangerous, I think it's completely fine. The problem is that if you have a, you know, if you have a fetish and it gets in the way of normal sexual functioning so that you need to hold something or smell it or rub it while you're having sex and you can't climax unless you have this object, it may be time to speak to a doctor because in that way, it's getting in the way of your daily functioning. And as I've mentioned before on the show, you know, when you look at overall health for people, their mental health, their physical health, and their sexual health is all par and parcel to a healthy person. And so if you don't have a healthy sex life where you can't become aroused without the use of an external object, it may be something that you want to address with a professional.
2: I'm all for people that are into kind of their own thing. Fetishes and all that stuff. But when it comes to, like you said, where they obsess over it and they can't get aroused without it, surely that's a problem, no?
0: I agree. It's totally a problem. And oftentimes, you know, in the medical community and the mental health community, when something gets in the way of your daily functioning, that's like a buzz phrase. So if something gets in the way of you being able to go about your normal day, if you're stuck in your room masturbating all day and you're missing work or your grades <laughs> are failing, or if you can't become aroused without holding, you know, a big bird statue or a potato, you're in trouble. You know, what I mean and yeah. it's time to seek guidance because you, you're not functioning normally and that's really that buzz phrase for anything so it's the same thing for alcohol it's the same thing for if you're taking a certain medication and you need it in order to function and you can't function without it it's usually the sign that something's an addiction and something is going down the wrong path
2: yeah now I don't I'm going to put my hands up I don't have any fetishes that's oh, clearly what someone with a <laughs> freaky
1: fetish would say okay
2: I have a calf fetish no I do not no I do not okay but I want to I'm kind of interested in knowing some of the fetishes that are out there
0: yes all right So usually, you know, people will ask, where do fetishes come from, right? And then Mm. I'm going to go down a list of some of the more common fetishes. But the answer to that isn't that everybody agrees on it. So if you look at people that, you know, are sexologists or people that have PhDs in in human sexuality, they're not going to agree on the causes. Sometimes with a fetish, you can trace the attraction back to early childhood before people became aware of their sexuality. If you look at Caitlyn Jenner, for example, you know, when Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner, he had an obsession with women's clothing that began, and and I've read articles and interviews when she was a he about his early childhood imprinting and what that did to him mm. and how his, you know, obsession with women's clothing would make him sexually aroused to the point that he, you know, dressed in women's clothing as a young man. And he's spoken very openly about all of this. So, sometimes it can trace back to early childhood. Sometimes it can come from seeing something inappropriate during childhood or from sexual abuse. Sometimes, like, I, you know, I've received phone calls from people and the, one of the one of the crazier ones that I had was a guy who called in a serious sex in New York City and spoke to me about having a fetish with cartoons. So he would watch cartoon porn, which is actually an industry, you guys, and it would completely turn him on to the point that he needed to have cartoons playing, not even cartoon porn, over his head while having sexual activity wow, with his wife.
1: Wow, that is...
0: It is, and it's funny because if you look at some of these and there's this enc- entire underbelly online of people that have sexual fetishes when it comes to cartoons, whether it's Star Wars and Princess Leia with Jabba the Hutt, Or whether it's Fred Fred (laughs) Flintstone and Wilma, whatever it is, people—and I mean it—people get really into this stuff, and you wouldn't believe, like, the entire industry that takes the Disney princesses and completely sexualizes them. And there's pornography involved in cartoons. And I had done a lot of research after this question because it was way more common than I realized. This fetish with cartoons—I have never heard of of anything like that.
1: Never. Oh, seriously.
0: I do kind of go back to
2: say video games and that kind of thing. I remember going out with someone years ago who did find a video game character Lara attractive. Croft. No, it wasn't Lara Croft. Wasn't it was someone from a different, <laughs> I don't know what
1: hot. it was, but the, she the, was. The hottest blocky, triangular cartoon character you'll ever But
0: it's weird, isn't see, it? Yeah. yeah, but you know, Lara Croft is a perfect example because I think from the video gaming industry, where they had mostly boys or thought they had mostly boys gaming, because there's an entire community of women gaming as well, but they tried to sexualize Lara Croft and then she was, you know, impersonated by Angelina Jolie, who couldn't be sexier playing this. That was meant, I feel like, to arouse people, but you'd be wowed with how much of this is actually out there and people are really really into it and it it shocked me because i did do a lot of research on this and it was amazing to see the number of people that were really into cartoons and to just you know turn this a little dark there's an entire like cartoon fetish about my little pony which is like crazy to me because, you know, I have an eight year old who was very into My Little Pony and I can't imagine like men watching My Little Pony sexualized, you know, into this cartoon porn kind of thing that would actually turn people on. Have you that, ever seen that cartoon? No,
1: no, oh, I, I, did, I, actually, I know, yeah. Of it, yeah, but that that's
0: very weird. The least erotic thing you can imagine. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Is so, that where anime comes from? No, no, I think there is a section of anime that's completely porn anime. If you go on some of the porn sites, there are like uh, channels that are dedicated simply to anime, and a lot of these characters are very sexualized. Where you'll see a lot of the girls wearing very short skirts, animated. You know, their breasts are bolstered up and popping out of their button-downs, and it's just, you know, these images that a lot of people are seeing. And, you know, just to put another, like, little nugget of info in there, a lot of boys that are looking at porn, and porn is way more, you know, accessible than it was 10 years ago. It can ruin your sex life if you overwatch a lot of this, because many people they're either airbrushed and still images or they've gotten surgery to look a certain way or they've even had vaginal surgery and so once these boys you know blossoming into puberty through very early uh, late teens into early 20s they can become aroused when they see a regular woman because they're used to these images whether it's anime or not so it's changing the game a little bit and that's when of course it becomes a problem because you know you may not even have to hold an object you just have an image in your head that's completely unrealistic
1: yeah yeah heard heard of that happening before i remember speaking to another person who's there's also a huge community of men that are trying to stop watching pornography for exactly that reason because they're finding they can't have normal regular sex with their partners because a normal regular human female body just doesn't do it for them. They have God. to watch pornography before they can get aroused.
0: Exactly, and it's definitely an issue. And if you look at the studies, it's pretty startling to look at how many people will answer both men and women for the same reason. And this poor guy that called into me that needed to watch cartoons over the head of his wife who had no clue what was going on. So, it's a little it's a little scary, but here are some of the more common fetishes. You know, one, of course, is a foot fetish. We've heard of this. It's been depicted in a lot of movies and and television shows where particularly men are overly aroused by feet. So, just by playing with people's feet or seeing feet or, you know, and it's usually feet either in a a sort of a sheer stocking or a naked foot, for lack of a better word, which is usually an object that isn't sexual, is something incredibly sexual. And there's a lot of foot play when it comes to getting aroused in relationships where mostly men will have a foot fetish. Again, I want to mention that it doesn't have to be dysfunctional. There are a lot of people in healthy relationships that find feet attractive and it arouses them that can have sex with or without a foot involved. You know, of course, if you You can only get aroused with a foot. That's when we're telling you to go seek a medical professional. (laughs) All right. Another one, which is really interesting, you guys, and it's very common, is a man is only attracted to older women. So it's a fetish involving women that are way older than him. And that's a common one also. So that's sort of like the, you know, the MILF. For, do you use that acronym? Yep. Yeah, Yeah, okay. <laughs> so a milk for a cougar, for example, is, <laughs> is a way that a guy can become incredibly attracted to an older woman and only wants to have sex with women that, you know, are older than him. Stacey's Another well. one is being tickled. And this is really interesting, too. There are these, you know, thoughts on our body that are sexually arousing that aren't, you know, linked to our genitals. So, for example, like the nape of somebody's neck or their lower back, Or their inner thigh can get people going This is the type of fetish that results in sexual arousal Only from being tickled Not touching anything else Which is also interesting And I I think, you know, I recently did an article Involved with Cosmopolitan magazine About women who can have an orgasm just from nipple play Which I find very interesting too But there are a lot of women out there And maybe men too Probably not as many men But a lot of women out there that are really uh, Can become sexually aroused from nipple play only So I think some people are built, you know, differently than others And become more aroused to different types of stimuli Mm. All right. So another one I wanted to mention is this is a little bit dreary is uh, sexual arousal over with a dead body.
1: Yeah. What What is that? Not necrophilia. Is that what it is?
0: Yes. So yeah. this is a little you know, this obviously is very dark, but there was a uh, you know, there was an interesting like a short story that I read back in college by William Faulkner and it was about the Civil War in the United States and it was called A Rose for Emily and we like, you know, dissected it and it the end scene was this guy going to bed with a like iron gray hair on his pillow and it was implying that he had sex with this dead body. And it is one of those things that has made its way into literature, but there are people that are aroused by dead bodies, which is a little bit scary like is that is is that
1: you know without being too judgmental here is that like a wrong wiring in the brain because there's no it doesn't seem to be any biological or evolutionary reason as to why you can't reproduce with the obviously a dead body like no what is going on there is that like a mistake
0: yes i feel like it's a glitch in the matrix there's something wrong there for sure right so absolutely i think you know i think anybody that has an attraction to corpses or dead bodies there has to be something up with that in addition to the fact that maybe these are things that are in people with anti- social personality disorder, where they're with people that You know, we see as serial killers, you know, uh, like the guy that was depicted in Silence of the Lambs. Something's up there. But like, the the, the first
1: one that comes to mind is obviously there was the rumors about Jimmy Savile that he was into that.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. It's really it's sick. And I think, you know, I think, unfortunately, it's probably, as you said, our bodies are wired evolutionary like biology to reproduce. And so if you're turned on by a corpse, like I, I agree with you, Cormac, I think something is completely off there without a doubt. Here's another one that I find a little creepy is a fetish getting aroused from mannequins statues or dolls
2: (laughs) (laughs) really you couldn't go shopping I think it's becoming a lot more common these days (laughs) really well like never we interviewed someone uh, Jennifer not so long ago who created these sex dolls robotic sex dolls yeah yeah, and
1: he tests and reviews them on his website
2: and you know what he (laughs) he has them up there and he's using the sex robot uh, having sex with this robot and I thought in my head I'm not going to find this in any way appealing and I watched it and it looked so realistic the woman was beautiful she had the big lips and you know she was making noises or whatever and it looked real to me and i could understand why a guy would find that attractive
0: yes you know there are also dolls for women for sure there are dolls for women who want to be aroused by female dolls and by male dolls as well and Mm. it's a little bit different right it's easier like mechanically for a man to penetrate a female doll than it is vice versa but there's an industry made for this you know and it's a the vibrator industry certainly for women and they've been attached to these you know with technology evolving there's an insane amount of stuff going on in the sex industry, which I'm sure you learned from that interview with that guy. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: and they're, there's a, they're incredibly expensive and incredibly animated and facial expressions, and they're, like, taking the, the forefront of technology and making it sexual. Yeah.
0: Wasn't there a movie like this, you guys, with... Uh, Scarlett Johansson. I think she's not, was it Scarlett? I think there was one with that... Oh, I'm forgetting her name, but I almost feel like she's amazing. There was one where the guy was making these mannequins And he brought this woman to life in this sort of hideaway.
1: Was that Ex Machina or something? Was that
0: yes, yes, Ex Machina, right? There you go. So it was Ex Machina. It exactly depicted this, and it was about like this technology that made very realistic mannequins that people were having sex with, and that's the issue, right? Because many of us aren't going out anymore. People are on their, you know, they're on social media, they're on electronics so much more than they used to be. Now you can like basically not even go out of your house you can just buy a very attractive doll watch porn inside and have sex with the mannequin and never exit your house it's like insane you don't have to have any you know uh, interpersonal reaction yeah. whatsoever and that it's a little scary i think you know we're entering that west world kind of yeah. scenario another very common fetish is swinging believe it or not so it's a scenario when consenting married couples or couples that are in you know a consensual relationship a long-term relationship indulge in sex with another couple or another inter- individual so that's a fetish so swinging the mannequins and dolls we mentioned another one that i saw on this list was sexual arousal to urine you guys, uh, so no. so people that either like peeing on others or enjoy their partners peeing on each other. And in fact, in the article that I read, there are people that enjoy having sex in a tub full of urine. Ah, ah, disgusting.
1: disgusting! No, that's disgusting. not normal. That is not normal. Not at all. normal.
0: No, nope, no. And and another one I wanted to mention that I found like <laughs> the opposite for me is something called psychrophilia, that's sexual arousal to feeling cold or looking at people that are cold. I think that's like, what Gorman likes. The, reason, the last thing I want to do is have sex. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you have. What,
1: what, what was the phrase again? What was the term?
0: You have this? Psychrophilia. Psychrophilia.
2: Psychrophilia.
0: Yeah. The I way love it begins, being called. Psych- Psycho. Psycho.
2: Yeah. Oh, right, right. I, I Psycho.
0: So P-S-Y-C-H-R-O. Philia.
2: Oh, psychrophilia. Jennifer, he turns up the heat. No, sorry. Turns down <laughs> the heat every single day and I'm turning well, it back up you again. you put it up
1: to like 30 degrees. And it I means, do. Uh, I can't, can't, can't cope.
2: But you put it down to the point where I'm actually going blue and he
0: just looks so happy.
1: Well, I have a condition. I (laughs) I have a medical condition now so you're going to have to play along, okay? You
0: have
2: a very weird fetish. That's what you have.
0: (laughs) Voyeurism, of course, is a fetish also, you guys, one of the more common ones. People getting aroused, looking at other people having sex, or people that become aroused thinking that they, you know, yeah. feel like they're being watched. So public sex, that's a big search phrase, catchphrase for a lot of these porn sites. You know, if you look at the, and I've obviously done articles on this, but if you look at the most commonly searched stuff, public sex is one of them, where people are, you know, having sex or or doing sexual things on public transportation. There's a lot of fetishes surrounding that, feeling, being watched or watched. Other
1: people, um, Jennifer. Right. Some of those ones are obviously really disgusting, and I, I imagine you'd be very hard find. You know, you'd be very couldn't find somebody to be very difficult to find someone who would share that fetish. If that yeah. makes sense, right? Um, and because they're so deeply primal and that whole sexual urges, I take it there's very little you could do to try and change someone's fetish or get over. Like how do you how do you manage those? Fetishes. Such
0: a good question, Cormac, Because if you look at the studies, at least in the United States, less than seventeen percent of doctors here ask their patients about anything to do with their sexual health. Okay, mm. so we're talking about eighty-three or like almost eight and ten people that are never asked about the health of their sex life. So you can imagine that if you have you know X amount of time, like ten minutes with your doctor, the last thing you're going to do is tell them that you only get aroused in a pool of urine. You know, I mean, like the, the your doctor's going to be shocked, and you're you know you're going to feel very judged. So the issue is that you want to always make sure that you're going to a healthcare provider that doesn't judge you. And so you want to feel comfortable bringing up anything. So like what you said, like if if you have a fetish that isn't getting in the way of your daily function, you don't really need to discuss it. You just need to find a willing and able partner. Mm. If it's something that gets in the way of your, you know, functioning, then you need to find a professional that can help you because there is treatment for this stuff. There's desensitization treatment, there's psychological counseling, there's cognitive behavioral therapy. So there are a lot of things that doctors can do, especially doctors in the mental health field, to help you, you know, make this fetish a little bit healthier so That you have a normal and active sex
2: life, yeah, because it is something that you do personally on your own. Usually, you're not telling your friends, Oh, by the way, yesterday I was doing yeah, this to yeah, porn, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't talk about it, yeah. so then you would exactly. be embarrassed more than likely if you got with someone and you're you don't think that they're going to be into that. You might keep it to yourself, and then that will obviously get worse over time. Come home one day and you're in
1: the back exactly. with the heels on, <laughs> <laughs> going, Oh, god, I've been caught now. This is my little only cartoon <laughs> on in the background, oh,
0: watching god. Fred Flintstone,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, right? Well, it's, kind of, it's good to hear that there is uh some help because i didn't realize one half of those fetishes existed and i didn't realize that there was actually help for people out there but as always jennifer it has been an absolute pleasure and your social media handles are what if people want to if people want to stop watching the fred flintstone <laughs> stuff and go up to your channels
0: they want to watch some my little pony porn i'm at uh <laughs> at dr wider d-r-w-i-d-e-r across social media
1: uh, amazing Brilliant. thanks a million for popping on again amazing as always
0: thanks guys talk to you very soon